0: Welcome to the Daily Detox Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Center, integrative health practitioner, licensed occupational therapist, and your health detective. I'm excited to share with you natural, evidence-based, and effective solutions for achieving wellness. Become educated and empowered to transform your health for a more vibrant and happy life. Welcome back to Daily Detox. I am your host, Stephanie Center. If this is your first time listening, feel free to reach out to me. I love getting to know my listeners and building community with you all. I will share with you how we can get in contact at the end of this episode. Right now, I am so excited for today's guest. I can't hardly stand it. Morley Robbins, also known as the Mineral Man, is honestly, one of my favorite people in the wellness space. I have really enjoyed getting to know him over the past several months. And I would go as far to say that we've become friends. He and I both share a love for research. And honestly, I've never met anyone who researches as much as him. He spends, I think he said like five to six hours a day, just reading about minerals, specifically Magnesium, copper, and iron. And those are the three uh, minerals we're going to talk about amongst uh, three different episodes. And I think he's a complete genius. He can talk about bioavailable copper, iron, and magnesium in a way that nobody else is talking about. And it makes perfect sense. And I think that's what makes Morley so unique is, you know, we tend to make our health so complicated when our body's needs are so simple. And Morley breaks this down for us in a way that's both easy to digest and easy to, to implement. So I'm going to read Morley's intro, but just know that I'm going to add some things here and there because I've really gotten to know him a bit the first conversation I ever had with Morley lasted like two and a half hours. And I walked away with like several pages of notes and I think half of a dozen uh, aha moments. So (laughs) needless to say, I'm really excited for you and the potential aha moments you will have during our conversation. So let me introduce you to Morley. Morley Robbins is a retired hospital executive and a healthcare consultant. I think between those two jobs, that's that constitutes about maybe 30 years of his career and he chose to become a wellness coach in 2009 and in the process he has become a self-taught mineral expert and this is where I'm going to pause and say that some of the some of the wisest people that I know or, or or maybe maybe that's not the right way to put it but some of the um my favorite experts are self-taught because people that are self-taught are genuinely interested in the things that they're reading. They're not after some sort of higher ed degree or something. They, they genuinely are interested in the material. And I think that that speaks volumes about the type of person. I'm not saying this to belittle education. But I think that we live in a day and age where information really is readily available. And if you want to become an expert in something, you can do that without going to school for it. So I think it's important to highlight that because that that tells me that passion is involved. His highest purpose is to share this decade of scientific research on the profound metabolic interplay between three key minerals, magnesium, bioavailable copper, and iron. And these mineral-driven metabolic concepts are not fully understood nor appreciated in practitioner circles, and certainly not in the public consciousness. I completely agree with that. And in fact, as somebody who's who's very interested in these three minerals, I feel like I don't fully understand the breadth and, and just the vastness of... Um, of how they impact our, our overall health. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so drawn to Morley uh, because he can explain it. He regularly confers with world-renowned mineral experts. So, you know, the the top of the pyramid, He he's talking to these people, which I, I think he's super humble. I think Morley also sits at the top of that pyramid. But he, he feels like there are other people <laughs> that are experts in this field, people that are, are doing the actual research that he's reading about. I think that's why he says that. In addition to his research and focuses on continued research, writing and educational conferences to promote his insights and finding to that end, he manages two websites and provides mineral education. One of them is gotmag.org. Then he's also got his mineral protocol, which is the root pro- the root cause protocol, and I think that that website's like RCP one two three. So it's really easy to remember, and I'm gonna put it in the show notes anyway, so you don't feel the need to write it down. He is also the founder of the Magnesium Advoc- Advocacy Group on Facebook, and that that group has a huge following. His priority focus is understanding mineral metabolism, especially the often misdiagnosed condition of excess unbound iron, which is found in the tissues, which he will explain what that means in our second episode, which will be about iron, um, that often presents as anemia in the blood. There is a reason for that priority focus, and left unchecked, copper and iron dysregulation builds in the body and generates an imbalance of um, what he calls ROS, reactive oxygen species, which he goes into great detail about in, I think, all three episodes. Um, we, we've recorded all three of these at this point, um, and I'm trying to, trying to compartmentalize which episodes he's talked about what, but I, I think he mentions it in all three episodes. And he just talks about the kind of the the metabolic dysfunction that comes from that, or he calls it dyshomeostasis, and kind of how that's at the root of a lot of diseases and disease formation. Morley has now developed both online and on-site curriculums to teach practitioners from a wide spectrum of clinical training to focus on the underlying metabolic origin of inflammation and oxidative stress that triggers all disease. Um, Whether you're talking about heart disease, cancer, diabetes, I mean, you name it, autoimmune conditions, the unknown, untaught, and undiagnosed, but undeniably foundational copper and iron dysregulation is the key to understanding and resolving today's growing health crisis. He has devised a unique blood test to reveal these mineral dynamics. And he goes over how uh, the blood tests that you get at your doctor's office aren't really showing or telling of these deficiencies. They're not measuring the right things. So he, he needed to develop his own test. And he regularly trains practitioners like myself to use this diagnostic tool in practice. So that's that's on my to-do list to really go through his root cause protocol because I think I think he's really on to something. He has now performed over five thousand five hundred consultations with clients in forty five different countries around the world. I think that's really impressive. And has trained scores of professionals in the unique mineral dynamics. He speaks regularly at wellness conferences. Um, He was the speaker at the Forum of Integrative Medicine in March of 2019. So anyways, needless to say, he is a just, he's like a walking, talking encyclopedia. And you will, you will find that when you listen to him speak. And honestly, these episodes could have been twice the length. I think they, they are running around an hour and a half a piece. And I think he could have gone on a lot longer just because he has so much knowledge on all of this. Um, so I'm really thankful for him and his and his willingness to share all of this hard work he's done researching these minerals. And I really hope that you can take something out of today's, today's episode where you can take what you've learned about magnesium and apply it to your own health and wellness story, right? Because that's the purpose of of this podcast is to help you to help you gain knowledge and decipher and make decisions for yourself because at the end of the day, my general message to you is that you are in control of your health. You're not to hand your health off to some to another person, whether that be a doctor or a parent or a or a spouse or or a child or a friend. Your health is ultimately your decision, your control. And I think that that's one of the things, at least in my own upbringing, we've been misled to think that we are not. And I really want this episode to empower you to make good decisions for yourself and your your wellness. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming Mineral Expert. Morley Robbins. Morley, thank you so much for coming on today. I am a huge, huge, huge admirer of yours and your work. And I'm just so grateful for you and your time today. Do you Well I'm happy
1: to be here. I'm thrilled (laughs) to be here. That's great.
0: (laughs) I just can't believe you said yes. I've really looked up to you for quite some time and it's just yeah, it's just really meaningful to me to have you here. For our listeners that maybe don't know you, could you give us just a little bit about your background and how you got into minerals?
1: Yeah. So I'm a a pre-med retread. I had, my older sister was a nurse, so I was supposed to be the doctor. And we grew up in a very sickly family. And um, I went to college and it's like, whoa, I wasn't a student. So the, the idea of going to medical school changed pretty quickly. But if you can't be a doctor, you go to business school to boss around. And that's what I did. I became a hospital executive. Uh, I never ran hospitals. I was always a planning and marketing guy, helping to grow the, the business. And spent 12 years working in hospitals and then spent 20 years working for hospitals as a consultant. And I'm a curious guy. I realized that people were getting... Increasingly sick, and, and one of my one of my gifts, I guess, is pattern recognition. Give me some data, and I can tell you where it's going. And worked on several forecasts of what where disease was going, and it was really alarming. And at some point, I decided I just couldn't stay on the sidelines. In part, it was over a a frozen shoulder. I couldn't couldn't pick my hand up above my waist. And uh, you, as a former occupational therapists know that's hard to live your life that way Mm
0: -hmm. i wasn't
1: sleeping at night it was i was miserable and um friends recommended that i go see a chiropractor i went "Eh, i don't do witchcraft and so i got some supplements and that didn't do anything and went back and they said you need to go see dr liz so that was a a very eventful and fateful encounter because dr liz is now my wife and Mm -hmm. Uh, She's the one who actually um, ushered me into natural healing. She's my my midwife for natural healing. And uh, at one point early on in our uh, interaction, she was talking about um, the innate healer. And I was thinking to myself, I didn't say anything at the time. I was thinking, what is she talking about? Why don't we have all these hundreds of thousands of practitioners around the world if we have an innate healer? That didn't make any sense to me at all. And now... Actually, I know who the innate healer is. It's a it's a copper protein that I'm sure we'll talk about in subsequent uh, conversations, because there really is a blueprint to run our metabolism, and it runs on this blue protein that's called ceruloplasmin. It's it's, a, mm-hmm. it's absolutely amazing, but but that is not taught in doctor school because uh, it kills the the whole business model. I was I was really intrigued by. Minerals. I started. I think the first book I I read was by Carolyn Dean, uh, the Magnesium Miracle, and I was fascinated by it. I mean, I remember reading that book uh, in in the summer of, of 2009. I was absolutely mesmerized by it, and I was learning why everyone was in the hospital. It's because they were magnesium deficient, and. Um, And it just there was something about it that fascinated me, and I just started delving deeper and deeper into magnesium metabolism and why was it so important and why did why did people constantly lose it? And it's an amazing uh, journey, and we'll certainly talk about it today. But most people don't even know that they have minerals, or that they have magnesium, or that it's you know it's. Most people think if they do know about minerals, they, they kind of think of it as a hood ornament on their car. It's like, no, it's a little more important than that. And it turns out that these minerals are the, the keys to turn on the, the engine, the, the enzymes that run in our body. So there are about 9,000 enzymes that run the human body, and they all work just like the cars we drive. So what kind of car do you drive, Stephanie?
0: I drive a Honda.
1: Okay. And when was the last time you drove that Honda without a key? Never. Yeah. Unless you're a Wilma Flintstone, it's really hard to do. (laughs) And so people don't realize that the minerals are what enable the enzymes to work. And so when we're under stress, as most of us are today, certainly post-2020, we're still Kind of processing everything that happened last year, but um, and I don't think we're out of the woods yet. But the first mineral to go when we're under stress is magnesium. Absolutely, like that, just boom goes right into the uh, the toilet, and it's very easily lost, and it's it's easily restored. But most people don't that, don't know that they're supposed to restore it. But what's important is that. People will read articles about magnesium. And somewhere along the way, they'll learn that, oh, it's an important mineral for about 300 enzymes. But people don't know where that number came from. Well, it came from a very important professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. Bert Valley was his name, V-A-L-L-E-E. And he was interviewed once back in the 50s. And someone asked him, Dr. Valley, how many enzymes is magnesium important for And he's like, oh, it's about 300. He just, he made up the number. He had no idea. It was a a swag. He just pulled it out of thin air. And so that number, what's fascinating about that number is because Dr. Valley said it, and he was a big deal at Harvard. Mm -hmm. It's in in the scientific literature now, all magnesium runs 300 and they never footnote it. It's fascinating. And in a study that was done in 2012, they sat, decided to get to the bottom of what is magnesium important for? Because they really wanted to know what, what were these 300? Well, it turned out it was really 5,000 enzymes. Yeah. And it, there's a when you take different sections of the genetic code, there, there's a whole section called the magnosome. magnesium influences those 5,000 proteins that then become enzymes. And so when you're under stress, a good way for people to think about this, when you're under stress, think of losing your arm and your leg. It's kind of hard to get around. And the other way that I typically describe it for people is it's very hard to go very long without breathing, right? We can make it for about three or four minutes You know, divers, deep sea divers can probably go for about five or six minutes, but three or four minutes for the average person. We can go a day, maybe two days without water, but not much past that. Mm -hmm. And we can really probably go a couple weeks without magnesium. But the way I characterize it is, you know, those are the big three, air, water, magnesium. And you might as well just do it every day. And, it, and what happens is when, when people don't have adequate magnesium in their body, they're really anxious. They're like cats on hot tin roofs.
0: Mm.
1: It, oh, there's a psychiatrist trained at, at Harvard, and I'm blanking on her name right now, but she wrote a very important article about magnesium, the chill pill. <laughs> she's, she's absolutely right like our last name is Deans. There's Carolyn Dean and she's Deans, D-E-A-N-S. And I'm blanking on her first name, but it's a really thoughtful article that she wrote. And and again, I would encourage people who have any interest, get Carolyn Dean's book. It's a a wonderful book about magnesium because it, it is this gateway to our metabolism. And what happens is when we don't have enough magnesium, the world starts to close in on us and it's like we're wearing night vision binoculars and everything looks bigger and brighter than it really is. So we're much more anxious Mm. and it causes us to overreact. Well, then when that happens, then because you're overreacting, you're losing even more magnesium and it just begins to accelerate and feed on itself. But Mm. but what took me... Years, probably five, five or six years, to figure out was what's causing the magnesium loss, because it's in the the prevailing model is stress causes magnesium loss. Like, okay, that's that makes sense. And, and so when I've got when I was first doing this work, I was just telling people to take more magnesium, and and a practitioner said morally if it were that easy, we would have figured it out. Mm-hmm. And in my arrogance at the beginning of this journey, 11 years ago, I thought to myself, well, you apparently don't understand it the way I do. And therefore, you, you, you must not understand how to recommend it. And um, it turns out that practitioner was right. And I was totally wrong. And so I've learned a few things over the years. But what really changed for me was when I learned about mag- magnesium being tied to oxidative stress well suddenly we're talking about a different world Mm -hmm. because we all take oxygen for granted you know we we breathe it all day long and all night long and people with sleep apnea don't breathe it as well right (laughs) but um we can talk about that when we talk about copper Mm. because it's a copper issue 21 percent of the oxygen we breathe 20.8 for you gearheads that want to get down into the specifics but 21 percent of the oxygen is of the air excuse me is oxygen and it's actually a poison it's you can't we can't live without it but we can't age without it either and what what most people don't realize is that our mitochondria depend on that oxygen and there's a a process that we'll talk about later where that oxygen gets turned into water. And it's a very important enzyme that does that. And when that water gets released or gets made, it releases three energy precursor molecules called ADP, adenosine diphosphate. And then those three go over to another part of the mitochondria where they get turned into three magnesium atp and what most people don't realize is that atp the energy molecule doesn't work unless you have magnesium attached to it and so to give you an audio visual people love audio visuals right yeah 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 what's this guy talking about (laughs) so here's a here's a magnesium ion okay Okay. because they are kind of green and so and this is really it's a really important part of our body and and i learned this by studying open heart surgery because Mm. cardiac surgeons are really phobic about what's the ph of the patient to be ideally healthy we should have a ph of about 7.0 in our blood technically it's 7.35 7.35 to 7.45, but 7.0 is, is good. And as long as the, the pH of the blood is around that 7.35 to 7.45, the ATP is holding on to magnesium. It's really cool. But if the if the pH of the blood starts to go down as low as 6.2, something very important happens, and the ATP can't hold on to the magnesium anymore. And then, and then the body can't use it. So see, so this is think of this as A, ATP, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's not quite the scale, but you get the idea. <laughs> but when it's holding this magnesium, suddenly these three phosphates are usable. So triphosphate ATP mm-hmm. has three phosphates, and one gets cleaved off, and that's energy. And another gets cleaved off, and that's energy. And then the third. And so th- that's how the body uses energy, but the body can't see this unless it's holding magnesium and it can't use it. And so the, the, the structure of this, see how my index finger and thumb are so far apart? Very mm-hmm. different when it's holding it. Sure. So technically though, the way the way ATP holds magnesium is like this. It's a different, different structure. It's just easier to do it this way. But the whole point is people need to understand that there's a lot of ATP that runs our body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And to, to really punctuate it, we we make and lose our body weight in ATP every day. Th- to give people order of magnitude, our heart beats on average, seventy-two times a minute, twenty-four-seven, all day and all night. Well, each time there's a heartbeat, you've just expended one billion ATP.
0: That's crazy.
1: It is crazy. And and people don't even think about this. We're just so conditioned that you know, we, we get up, and we have breakfast, a cup of coffee, and. Do our thing, and then we might get hungry around the middle of the day, and we'll have some more food, and then we'll, you know, slide into dinner time. Maybe have some drinks or whatever. And we're not thinking about all of the the um, transactions, the chemical transactions that are running our body. But the one that really just grabs you is wow! Every time the heart beats, that's a that's a billion ATP going to make. And so that's why this little pesky mineral is so important, because if you don't have it. You can't you, you, you can't expend the energy. And the, and the it's like when when the when the ATP is like this, it's like Harry Potter wearing the invisibility cloak. Mm. When it's holding this, suddenly the invisibility cloak is gone. And the, and the body says, Oh, I've got some ATP I can use. So that's a really important concept for people to understand. And now here's where where it gets even more intriguing. Uh, a lot of people probably have heard of Mark Hyman. He's a very popular. Mm-hmm. Functional physician. He's now at uh, Cleveland Clinic. I think he heads up their integrative medicine program, and he ha- he's developed a wonderful definition of stress. Stress is the body's inability to make energy for the mind to respond to its environment. Love that. Yeah, it's really really powerful. Very tight. It's like. Oh, I get it now. And so whenever people are under stress, oh, lockdown, wear a mask, can't go to church, you know, not allowed to be in a restaurant or whatever. And those are just sort of the headlines from last year. Mm-hmm. People didn't realize how much magnesium they were losing. Or better said, they didn't realize how much energy they needed to produce just to deal with the insanity of that world that we were living. hmm and that's, I think what we're going to witness in this year, 2021, is massive chronic conditions yeah. from people who've been trying to hold on for a year, hoping that the that the economy is going to open back up, hoping that there'll be san- sanity on the clinical arena. I don't know if that'll ever happen. But again, it's just we live in a very different world now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important for people to realize that that this is a really important chill pill. Hmm. And the formula is very simple. The world's authority for many, many decades was a woman named Mildred Selig, S-E-E-L-I-G. <clears throat> she was an MD and uh, she had a public health degree from uh, University of North Carolina. very uh, Very accomplished individual. She started out her career as a drug researcher back in the, in the 60s. And she realized pretty early on that every drug she was working with was causing magnesium loss. Again, stress causes magnesium loss. So that meant the medications were causing stress. The medications were causing oxidative stress. She's like, oh, this is not good. So she left Big Pharma and she spent, I think four decades educating the world about how important magnesium was. And she had a formula that she used to help people restore uh, magnesium status. And it's very simple. It was uh, five milligrams per pound body weight. So if you weigh hundred pounds, take 500 milligrams of magnesium a day. Um, and for the, for the uh, international set, it's 10 milligrams per kilo. Real simple formula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you weigh, you know, fifty kilos, take five hundred milligrams. So it, it's so basic, it's so simple, and and yet a lot of people don't know how important it is. Now here's the one caveat, and this is a, this is a little tricky here, is that when people are under stress, especially for an extended period of time, it takes a toll on their adrenal glands.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the adrenal glands sit on top of the kidneys and what they mean is adrenal, ad is on top of the renal gland, the kidney gland, adrenal. And so we live in a in a world where doctors obsess about this gland called the thyroid mm-hmm. and it makes one hormone a day and they ignore the adrenal glands that make 50 hormones a day. makes perfect sense, right? (laughs) And that's the the insanity of of our conventional medical model. And and we'll talk about this later, but this does not run the body. That's all mythology. Um, But the adrenal glands um, really are running off of the balance between sodium and magnesium, in our body it's a very delicate balancing act between those two and if people are under a lot of adrenal stress a lot of just just general stress the adrenals get taxed when they have to keep making these stress hormones yeah um you start to dump a lot of magnesium in that kind of body it, it the magnesium is going to rise and the sodium is going to fall even more and it's going to drive the adrenals into an even weaker state. So what we do is we recommend people to take what's called an adrenal cocktail. And the easiest one that, that people can do is get uh, some organic oranges, juice them. And in that orange is a lot of vitamin C. And then take an eighth of a teaspoon of sea salt and an eighth of a teaspoon of a cream of tartar or potassium chloride or potassium bicarbonate and mix that together. And voila, you've got a cocktail that will help to restore the strength and vitality of the adrenal glands. And then after doing that for a few weeks, then you can begin to restore the magnesium status. It's very, very effective. Does that make sense so far?
0: Yes. And just, just a clarification question on the enzymes. You're not talking about digestive enzymes. You're talking about whole <laughs> no. body enzymes, right? Yes. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there are some very important digestive enzymes. We can't live without them. What, what a lot of people don't realize is that uh, one of the most important uh, digestive enzymes is here in the mouth. It's called amylase. And It's very important to chew your food Mm. because it stimulates the the parotid glands in the cheeks to release the amylase to then start the breakdown, especially of the carbohydrates. Carbohydrates need to start breaking down in the mouth. And what's the mistake that most people make? A lot of people love their smoothies in the morning. And what do they do? Mm -hmm. Boom, they drink it and they don't chew it. What you need to do is take a sip literally chew it chew that liquid sounds silly but you got to do it so that you release the very enzyme the digestive enzyme this needed to break down that, that smoothie it's all carb mm-hmm. you drop it into your tummy and the stomach's going to get overwhelmed with carbs because it was supposed to start up here mm-hmm. um, but no we're talking about the thousands and thousands of enzymes to move electrons to signal what's going on inside the body, uh, to make sure that that there's a awareness of, of what's happening in the metabolism. Yeah, there are many, many layers. And I, and I think what's important for the listeners to understand is that there's a hierarchy to these enzymes. And at the top of the peak is the ability to work with oxygen. If you don't, if you don't, know, how to, if you don't know how to work with oxygen, you're gonna have a lot of problems because you've got to make energy. And it all comes back to, do we have enough copper, bioavailable copper, to work with the oxygen and prevent oxidative stress? Because if we don't prevent the oxidative stress, what I learned was that that oxidative stress is what is going to consume and, and cause the depletion of the magnesium. And so the way to think about this is when people do have stress, we all have it it's just, you can't be on this planet and not have stress but there are varying stages of stress but when you've got a deadline or you've been in a car accident or you've had an argument with your spouse or your boss wants something done that you just don't want to do or whatever it is when that when there's stress in your world it becomes oxidative stress in your body and that's very important for people to realize that as soon as you feel that sensation, like you you can feel your stomach nodding up, you've got a, a rise of oxidative stress and your magnesium is going to, the magnesium loss is going to accelerate. That's a really easy way for people to think about it. And you, you just, you can't live without magnesium. It's absolutely impossible. And what I find absolutely comical is the the food labels that are on all the, the boxes and cans of food that we uh, shouldn't be eating. right? <laughs> but but they're there. And, and what are they focusing on? They're focusing on calcium, not magnesium. They're, they're focusing on iron, not copper. Focusing on vitamin D, not vitamin A. So the, the obsession is with these nutrients that don't really run the body, it's the ones that they don't talk about that do. And it's just, you know, we live in this wild world of, of uh, deception and disinformation. The, the confusion that exists around magnesium and why is it important is very, very significant. And, it, and it's especially significant with most practitioners. And I, and I tease the, the MDs that their degree stands for mineral denialist. <laughs> and it, it, they get very fussy with me about that but here's an example Uh, the one of my colleagues here in in uh, chapel hill who's a a nurse practitioner or excuse me she's a a naturopathic doctor Uh, she was a nurse before she became a naturopathic doctor but uh, Mm -hmm. she had four seniors unc medical school rotate through her office she got a little frustrated with them because of little they knew about nutrition and she finally sat him down and said I want to know how much formal training you have in nutrition and what would you guess the amount is how much time do you think they were actually formally exposed to nutrition in their four years of medical education
0: I would guess eight hours a day 36 minutes 36 minutes holy cow
1: 36 minutes and that's in one of the best medical schools in the country
0: Oh, it's so sad.
1: Well, it's, it, it is sad, but it's, it's really, it's, I think, a very clear window into why we have so many problems.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and what most people don't realize is that doctors don't understand mineral metabolism. They don't understand oxygen metabolism. And they don't understand energy metabolism. Well, those are the big three. And if you don't understand nutrition, well then you certainly can't understand these three. And and the part that's important for people to realize is that the start of every symptom, every condition that's in the Merck manual, the origin of it is the cells and the tissue not being able to make enough energy. It's called energy Mm -hmm. deficiency. And a very important uh, geneticist, his name was Douglas Wallace, wrote a very important article in 2005. He's up at the Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania. Very savvy guy. He, he's the guy who figured out that the mitochondrial DNA moved from mother to child. That's a big deal, but he's the one who figured it out. And he's the one who figured out that there were seven tribes. It's like, how this guy figured it out, it's amazing. But he did. And he talks about energy deficiency is the glaring Achilles heel of conventional medicine. They don't understand what it is. And they don't understand that it's the precursor to every problem. And it's, it is it is so basic. And when people have this label or that label, they've, they've been trained to believe that they have a disease. Well, what I've come to realize, and, I made this assertion about four years ago. I said, there is no medical disease. It doesn't exist. But there is stress-induced mineral dysregulation that causes metabolic dysfunction. And once you have metabolic dysfunction, you're not working with that oxygen thing properly. Well, then you're giving off oxidative stress and you're losing a whole bunch of this stuff. And then you've got a bunch of symptoms and, and it's that straightforward. And when I made that f- initial assertion, I fully expected I would be soundly criticized by physicians or at least medical personnel or health pe- professionals. I did it initially on uh, Facebook. Not mm-hmm. one person, not even a peep, not even a, oh, come on, Morley, what about such and such? Not one person pushed back. Hmm. Four years ago well you know what that tells me i'm right
0: yeah. there is
1: a disease and i think it's important for people to realize I, i'm not in any way disrespecting the label you've got but i want you to understand that every label that exists in the Merck manual started with stress in your world because once you have stress you have oxidative stress you have mineral loss and then you have enzyme dysfunction. And once those enzymes start messing around, then you're going to get symptoms. And it and, and, and there's there is no disease. It's all the same process. It's always oxygen getting messed up inside the tissue. It's not being handled right, not being sliced and diced. And, and people don't know that. They don't realize how important these lowly minerals are to our well-being. And to me, it's it's absolutely fascinating because, you know, it's it's so central to our world. It's 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 what runs farming or the minerals, right? yeah. and it, it you know it, you don't have diseases on a farm. You don't have diseases of the plant or the animal. It, they don't exist. The f- farmers don't worry about disease, and the veterinarians don't worry about disease. And what, what I found fascinating, I, I, uh, my wife uh, lived on a, a dairy farm when she was younger. And we actually returned to that farm later, in, many years later, when her mom was failing and had broken her hip. And I got to meet some farmers. I, I mean, I'm a pure purebred city boy. I'm sure people can hear <laughs> that. And um, it's really funny. My, my first name, Morley, is actually from... It's French, it was more lay from the field. But my last mm-hmm. name, Robbins, it's the real origin of it is Robins, R-O-B-Y-N-S, which is from town. So I'm from <laughs> town, I'm like, I'm, I'm schizophrenic I suppose. But the, but the important thing it's is nice. the farmers who I met didn't have disease on their land. But if they got an ache or a pain, they'd run to the doctor who said, "Oh, you have XYZ syndrome," and I'm like, "No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't. Like, come on, stop thinking that way." And, and it, it just blew their mind that that they they never thought about the fact that, of course, I don't have a disease. And it just it helps people free up their fear factor because once you get that that label and it gets tattooed across your forehead, diabetes, mm-hmm. or rheumatoid arthritis, or big C or whatever it is, then that changes your world and that's all you see. And you can't imagine that it's something else. And as soon as you do get that label tattooed on your forehead, I can assure you, you're losing a lot of this mm. in, a, in a second. And people don't realize that. And it's it's very, um, it's very basic. It's, it's the way the humans, well, it's the way, um, I think all animals are wired. All animals will lose magnesium under stress.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I know in, in my own life, you know, I, when I'm stressed, I get migraines. And okay. when I take magnesium, that helps. So that to, that to me is a dead giveaway. You're losing magnesium when you're stressed because now you're getting a migraine.
1: Uh, absolutely. And <laughs> what, and what's important about that is the, the migraine, it's telling you that there's a massive uh, dysregulation of minerals. And the real, as I understand it, the real origin of the migraine is there's histamines that are building in the system that are not being broken down properly. And there's an enzyme called histaminase, one of those 9,000. Histaminase needs to break down the histamines. And where's that histaminase coming from? It's coming from that blue protein so, low that nobody knows about, and, and the process of trying to correct that that migraine, it's a whole lot easier when you understand about histamine a's and magnesium, because it, suddenly it's not as debilitating.
0: Something I've heard you talk about um, that I just really, really love is that, and I know I'm not great with words, so I'm going to totally butcher the way you said it, but you were you were talking about this, this current climate that we're in and, you know, the things that you're not hearing on television that, you know, what medical professionals don't want you to know is that you are in control of your own health, that- mm-hmm you Know you, we're, we're we just have this like learned selfless, um, helplessness that right. we have to go to the doctor to get fixed, as opposed right. to being empowered to kind of take ownership of our health. And oh. I just think it's really neat what you're doing. And I think that magnesium is a great first step to understanding it, really, is your own body.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's, such a, um, it's such an easy step to take for people. And what really motivated me to do this work was I wanted to do two things. I wanted to be the thinking person's nutritionist and, and get past the, the pabulum of the internet. and This Pavlovian got to go to the doctor. But, but what, it was, what was also behind it was wanting to democratize healing. Mm. To allow anyone to heal themselves, and because it didn't make sense to me, once I learned about this innate healer, and when Dr. Liz said that, I was like, "What is she talking about?" Because I, I really wanted to find out what that what that was all about. Well, there's some amazing properties that that we have to to regulate ourselves, and a fun way to think about it is. We're certainly all familiar with what a farm is. Many of us have probably been to a farm, or maybe we maybe even, you know, our grandparents might have even owned a farm or something like that. <clears throat> but there's a there's a one word to describe the philosophy of a farm, and that is recycle. Everything gets recycled on a farm. That's true. Soil, sun, seed, and then there's another S word that stands for manure. <laughs> It gets recycled, All that that gets all recycled. And and there's tremendous power in that process of recycling, tremendous efficiency. It's all about the process of allowing nature to to take its course. Well, that's one economy. Then we've got, there's another economy called the factory. And there's one word to describe the factory, replace. So yeah, recycle, replace. And factories make things. You need a new car. You need a new washer and dryer. You need a new TV. You need to replace whatever you've got with this new thing. And very different philosophy to replace than to recycle. Well, what's fascinating is that the human body is a little farm. We're constantly recycling things. And people never thought about that. And depending upon the expert, some experts say it can happen as quickly as every two years. I think a lot of other experts say it takes typically around seven years to rebuild your entire body.
0: Mm.
1: That's amazing to think about. what, what, what is really, if, if you want to stop and kind of make yourself uncomfortable, as you're going through that seven year cycle, So then where is your memory going while you're rebuilding those brain cells? Is it in the cloud? What is the cloud? (laughs) Where's that memory going, right? Isn't that that fascinating? But here's the catch. The body is a farm. people know about autophagy, they've heard that word, right? That's recycling.
0: Yeah.
1: That's absolutely recycling. And guess who's in charge of recycling? It's called copper. Copper is in charge of recycling. And it turns out that copper is a factory worker because it's got to be replaced every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's, that's the catch. You've got this little farm that you've got to take care of, but you've got to replace a mineral every day in order to make sure that the farm works optimally and, and with optimal energy. And it's just a simple way to think about it. But the, but the key really is to believe in the natural healing ability of the body. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing short of a miracle. And one of the things that we really put particular attention on with the root cause protocol that, that I've worked with is helping people to understand how the stress of their world created their symptoms. And there's nothing in between there is no disease process in between and so when when someone's told that they have rheumatoid arthritis what well, that's really threatening or you've got you know heart disease or what, whatever it might be whatever the label might be but when you when you begin to explain to them or begin to begin to have a conversation with them say tell me about your stress what when, when did what was going on in your world just before these symptoms appeared? And I've, I've had the good fortune of talking to over 6,000 people in the last 11 years. And I'm batting a thousand. Every person's been able to tell me exactly what happened just before their symptoms appeared.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and one of the more notable ones was a a client. I've forgotten now where she lived, but she was coming to me because of, Blood pressure was elevated. And so I said, what happened? What, what what, was going on just before? And so she paused and she said, well, Morley, you need to understand that everyone in my family, except for me, is a drug addict, and including my mom. And she was getting out of prison. And I thought the gracious thing to do was to invite her into my home for a few days to acclimate and prepare to get back into society. I said, okay, I said, I'm with you. I said, what happened? <laughs> she said, the day that my blood pressure spiked was the day that I kicked my mom out of my home because I couldn't live with her anymore. And I didn't feel right. I was kind of dizzy. So I drove to Walgreens to take my blood pressure. And it was so high, the pharmacist wouldn't let me leave until my doctor prescribed a blood pressure medication at this point we're both laughing about this And, and i said um so then what happened and she said well my neighbor next door said i think your blood pressure rose because of all of the magnesium you lost because of that encounter with your mom so she said i started taking magnesium not quite like this but i said she said my blood pressure went back to normal and uh And I said, well, then then why are we talking? She said, I just wanted to tell you the story. I thought you'd get a kick out of it. So so the thing is, she was able to take care of herself. She never took the medication. And people just don't realize that there are very simple steps that they can take. And I don't want to make it seem like, oh, if you have blood pressure problems, just take magnesium, everything will be fine. But in (laughs) many of the cases, that will be the, the situation. And... It's just unfortunate that more people don't realize that these labels that get bantered about on TV or on the internet or conversations with friends, people don't realize that it's it's just a label, that it it doesn't really exist. And I listen to people, I've spent years and years uh, going to Starbucks to read in the morning and the conversations invariably center around people's health. And this, this problem and that problem. And I'm just like, there's more to the story, folks. You got you to gotta break out of the box. And I think that's why these types of conversations are so important for people, to give them a sense of hope that there mm-hmm. is another path, that there are options that people have that they've not been told about, not, in large part because their doctor simply doesn't know.
0: Right.
1: Not known because not looked for or the other expression that's used in medical school is I know what to look for. I look for what I know. And they're very scripted ed- education, yes. but people yes. don't realize is that they're wearing blinders and they're missing all of these other issues out here. They just are looking for specific uh, markers uh, to, to highlight the labels that they learned. And I think the real tragedy, particularly in conventional medicine, is that I think they're spending more time teaching pharmacology than physiology. Yes. And the, the body is absolutely amazing. I mean, when and I hardly am, a, am an expert, but I'm fascinated by the metabolic pathways that I have learned. And it's, it is mesmerizing, it's fascinating, it's truly a work of art, but it's not as complicated as people think it is. And it's really basic signaling and, and you've got to have that energy thing. You know, you've got to have that ATP, which means you've got to have a lot of this magnesium. And once you learn those basics, uh, it, it gets pretty straightforward. And I think what's important for people to also know is that magnesium comes in different forms.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we've got magnesium as it exists on the planet should be in water, and they're particularly rich sources of, of magnesium water. Um, Poland has a very high concentration of magnesium. Slovenia has a very high concentration of magnesium in the water. And there's, a, there's actually a spring in outside of San Francisco. And for people who have an interest in buying uh, magnesium water, a great source, it's called Noah's Water, like in the Bible, Noah's Water. You can get it on Amazon. Um, and it, it's not cheap because once you start moving water in bottles, it, it gets expensive, but it's a very bioavailable form of magnesium. It's, a, it's immediately absorbable because it's in a carbonate form. Mm. So That's the probably the richest form of magnesium would be coming in from uh, spring water. But then you've got magnesium rich foods, you know, leafy greens or nuts and seeds very often have magnesium in them. But here's here's an interesting contrast. Uh, let's compare almonds to cashews. They're very popular and they both have the same amount of magnesium in them. But the almonds have six times more, excuse me, six times more calcium. We don't want that. Mm. A lot of people, Go. If they're going to snack, they're always going to snack on almonds. No, variety is the spice of life. Don't get <laughs> caught. Don't get caught just doing that one. That one nut. The other thing that people don't realize is that the uh, mineral waters that they do drink, they don't realize what the the calcium magnesium ratio is. So that Noah's water that I'm talking about has three parts calcium to one part magnesium. Very rich concentration of magnesium perrier that people love to drink at least back in the day they used to well that's 47 parts calcium to one part magnesium
0: oh wow
1: that's that's a heart attack in a bottle is what it is or some people have um reflux they have trouble with their digestive juices and so they take something called tums
0: yeah they don't
1: they don't realize that there's 300 parts calcium in that tablet it's a lot of calcium to put in your body, and it's going to put out the fire of this guy. Very, very dangerous. So, you got to be thoughtful about the foods you're eating and be looking for foods. And anything that's green is going to have magnesium in it. That's easy. That's why I, I use a little green ball, right? Yeah. So, the thing is, the, the greens are, are very often going to be rich sources of magnesium. A third, A good source of magnesium is with a transdermal. So you have Epsom salt and magnesium chloride oil. And Epsom salt is magnesium sulfate. Very good for detoxing. If you've had a love it. Yeah, yeah, pour pour a bag of magnesium salts in the the water and you're just gonna love it. What you can do is add equal parts of um, uh, baking soda and some boron, and it'll just add to the the restorative nature of that. So if you have one cup of Epsom salt, one cup of baking soda, and a a tablespoon of boron, it'll really help uh, soothe the soul. And then the other is um, magnesium chloride oil. It's called an oil, it's kind of slippery, but what it is is dehydrated seawater. There's a lot of magnesium and chloride in seawater. And what they do is just drain off the the, uh, sodium and and some of the water. So it just, you're left with this very um, oily substance, but it's incredibly restorative for the body. And the the body will pick up the magnesium through the skin, Um, the bottom of the feet, very, very porous. Uh, if, If their mom's listening to this and they've got kids that they want to settle down, do magnesium oil, massage magnesium oil in their children's feet before they go to bed. It really calms them down and really allows them to have a really nice night's sleep. For anyone who might be uh, pregnant, if they're going into the last trimester, Epsom salt baths every night, incredibly important for both mom and baby. Uh, So that's just something to think about. And then the fourth kind of magnesium, the one or the is the form that most people think about, mm-hmm. which are the chelated forms, um, the ones you get in, in the mineral bottles or, or supplement bottles. But the two best that I've I've worked with are magnesium malate and magnesium glycinate. Mm-hmm. But there are others out there. There's magnesium gluconate and there's orotate and there's all sorts of different. One that a lot of people are very um favorable to is three and eight, magnesium three and eight. Uh, I think it's um, trying to think of something mind. I can't think of the the first part of the the phrase but it's a very popular form of magnesium. The two that I really like the most though are the the malate and and my brand of choice is jigsaw health. Very, I like it, especially because it has a, it's called a a time release formula, it's called um, SRT slow release
0: mm, okay
1: uh, time frame and i take it at the beginning of the day and then i don't think about magnesium for the rest of the day uh, but there are some people who like the glycinate as well and um, what's a good uh, doctor's choice is a, is a really good uh brand uh, or um it's another good one um it's, well, very, there's many very popular forms, but I think that those are the two best that I found with the orals. And again, five milligrams per, bound, per pound body weight.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Pure
1: encapsulations would be the idea. Oh, yeah.
0: I've used them before. I've read that glycinate, if you're going to take a supplement, that glycinate is the most easily absorbed. Is that one of the reasons why or why why those two in particular?
1: They're both very bioavailable, they're both easy to absorb, and um, they're, they're like frickin' frack, depending upon the okay. study, they're both very, very good. Um, and <clears throat> if people have, I don't, I don't know whether your uh, followers are gonna have spent much time with benzodiazepines, um, benzos to their anxiety, anti-anxiety meds,
0: yeah. um,
1: but if they have, the glycinate will will not be really uh, they, they will not respond well to it.
0: Mm-hmm. So they're better
1: off taking the, the malate or the, the gluconate or maybe the
0: threonate. Interesting. And back to the um, the bath, what does the what does the baking soda do to oh, in the the bath?
1: It just it it changes the pH, makes it more basic so that the magnesium <sighs> is absorbed better.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I've not yeah. heard that. That is really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, it makes a big difference. Really, it it just enhances the whole purpose of the um, the bag.
0: And just one cup
1: of people. You can do you can do a couple mm-hmm. cups. Yeah. Okay. Again, I think I said it when we were talking about put the whole bag in. And I've, okay. I've there have been, been some days when I've done that where I'm just like, so chill I, I need some really chilling out and so I'll just dump the whole bag in. Um, yeah. the only thing you have to be careful of I think the, the two the maybe three cautions three cautions around magnesium. We talked about one if if you have been stressed out for a while, your adrenals are weak and you mm-hmm. need to restore adrenals before you start piling in the magnesium. Second is if you have any kind of kidney disease, you don't want to start Pumping magnesium into your body. Uh, What you can Mm -hmm. use is that magnesium water, and people with kidney disease have very high levels of total magnesium, but extremely low levels of what's called ionic free and available magnesium. And that's part of the dynamic of kidney disease. And so the the magnesium water, the, the NOAA's water, um, is ionic. It's free. It's available, and that will help to restore uh, the kidney function. But I would do that under the direction of a, of a nephrologist. I think the, the better nephrologists know about that. Yeah. The third is uh, the third caution would be, and I've only seen this written up once, but you always you never know what people are going to do. But it was a husband and wife who wanted to give their their nine-year-old son a magnesium enema. Now, What people don't know is that the colon will absorb minerals, especially magnesium. And they administered this enema to their son, and a big bolus of magnesium will cause the heart to slow down. Right. And he died.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: So just just have to be really respectful of the power of these very little um, components. Again, if, if you're not aware of minerals, they're really tiny, I mean, just ridiculously small, but they're very powerful because they've been on the planet from the beginning. And there's all sorts of signaling that takes place in the presence of these minerals, but I think in this uh, day and age where people are so stressed out, I think it's, a, it, this was a good place to start. So people have a sense of perspective about why they're so stressed out. And, and they never, no one ever told them, wouldn't it have been nice with all of this, these um, briefings at the White House about COVID to tell people, well now when you're worrying about this, why don't you take five milligrams per pound yeah. of magnesium and yeah. yeah. it? it'll calm you down and and the part that people don't realize is that when you when you go into a state of fear which is what we've all been in since mm-hmm. march of last year and i spell fear differently i spell it f e hyphen a r so you can see the symbol for iron so when you're in a your state of fear you so are attracting you're attracting iron
0: yeah
1: it's amazing absolutely do but here's the catch There's a team of scientists from uh, Japan who are studying the danger sensor of the cell. And it's a protein called NLRP3. And it's also called the inflammasome. So we have this magnosome, And there's an inflammasome, a section of the genes that trigger inflammation. Well, this inflammation, this protein is activated by iron. Oh, so what do we have? We have iron, iron excuse me, fear attracting iron, and iron is activating the fear sensor of the body. And it's this vicious cycle. Wow. And that's where people have been since March of last year. And what will what we'll slice through that cycle is what I what, what's called emotional freedom technique. And it's a, a technique that it can be used to let go of fear. It's a very important technique for people to be aware of. And I encourage people to do it with a practitioner because it's much more effective that way. And the reason why it is so important is that when you go to a traditional talk therapist. What do they like to do? They like to talk about the problem. Well, what does that do? It just keeps the fear alive. You keep talking about the fear, it just keeps going in circles and circles and circles. But what is EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, was developed by a gentleman named Gary Craig. You literally let go of it.
0: Yeah.
1: And it changes your world. And it isn't that the, that the, whatever the trigger was, you know that it still exists, but it doesn't have the emotional and energetic hold over you like it did. Yeah, It's a very important technique for people to learn that that, uh, we've got this chill pill and this technique, EFT, is a marvelous way to lower what I call the magnesium burn rate. As long as you're in a state of stress, you're burning through magnesium at a very accelerated rate. And so what we want to do is Lower the MBR to calm down.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that, then the, the binoculars fade away and we have a much different perspective and we have more control over our environment when we can see it. And we're not on on pins and needles just reacting to, to this story or that event or whatever it happens to be. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I'm familiar with EFT just um, through Reed Davis, actually. He's a a big uh, fan of that uh, technique. Um, When you were talking about your cautions and maybe somebody with adrenal fatigue, not mm-hmm. wanting to pump the magnesium, how, how are you measuring adrenal fatigue? Are you looking at like cortisol to DHEA or are you just simply interviewing them? Like, how are you deciding that yeah. they are in adrenal fatigue?
1: No, that's a great question. So I, you know, I went through Reed's program. I, I didn't get the certification, but yeah, you know, there are very specific ways that you can measure it. Yeah, You know, you don't need to measure it. You know, there's some very sophisticated Uh, techniques to measure wind speed and direction and all that right or you can just yeah right and all you gotta do is start talk to someone about hey what's going on in your world and do you have any fatigue oh yeah okay so you have fatigue and you're really you're really worked up about this and this and this and this and and, oh you're a mom of four kids oh wow and Mm -hmm. and you're having trouble sleeping you know they have adrenal
0: fatigue you have the answer (laughs) okay yeah
1: so it, it, it it I think you just need to use your instincts. And I think in this day and age, there's not one person on this planet that isn't a stress cadet.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I just even going through Reed's program, I was surprised. I don't consider myself a very stressed person. Mm-hmm. And when I did the, the um, hormone testing, I was in what they consider the exhaustive phase. Mm-hmm. And I was sure. like, and I do meditation and yoga, you know, all the things. And I don't consider to myself to be living a very stressful life. Um, so if I'm experiencing it, I can only imagine what the people I see experience.
1: Oh, absolutely. And the and the thing is that um, the the father of stress, uh, the first person who really talked about stress openly, um, he was a, also a professor at, at Harvard. Um and I'm, uh, Today it's just kind of goofy. It's, 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 I can tell it's the end of the week because my, my <laughs> like, okay, what's his name? But um, 1930s, goodness gracious. It'll come to me in a minute. But in any event, about 20 years, about that same time, but for about 20, 25, 30 years, Hans Selye was the um, physician who studied stress. He became the known as the father of stress. And he was the one that coined three different stages of stress. So you have alarm is when you have this explosive rise of sodium and potassium down here. And then you have what's called resistance and the, and the potassium rises to meet the sodium in the body. And all this is revealed in a hair test. And so you have potassium and sodium up here and the body can sustain that for months. I've had I've had one client that, that for almost two years was in this really heightened state of, of resistance. And then there's a point where the body says, I can't do this. Mm. And, and it's like the air going out of a tire and both the sodium and potassium will, will come down. Um, Interesting. And so what most people don't realize is that there are just a handful of electrolytes in our body. So we've got calcium and magnesium and sodium and potassium and chloride. All these guys are all positive and chloride is negative. But but what people don't realize is that magnesium is regulating the other three. So a real good rule of thumb for people. um, If you have a pounding heartbeat Boom, 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 and you can hear it in. You know, sometimes you might hear it in your ear. But if you have a pounding heartbeat, you've got too much calcium in your in your body, but also in your heart.
0: Mm.
1: If, if you have a racing heartbeat where it's supposed to be seventy two and it's going 100, 120, you got too much sodium in your heart. Sodium's going to rev it forward and make you go really fast. <laughs> and if you've got an irregular heartbeat. And I bet a lot of your listeners probably do have that, a af- fibrillation or some kind of dysregulated heartbeat. It's from too little potassium. And why do I suspect that that's the case? Because too many of your listeners are taking vitamin D because they think it's going to help them prevent COVID. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. That's all over where I know everyone's talking about it. It's like, but, 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 I, there's more to the story. People yeah. And so what people don't realize is that if mag, if, if vitamin D is low, we could do a whole show just on vitamin D. But if <laughs> yeah. vitamin D is low, it's not a gas gauge. It's not high-low. Vitamin D does not work on a gas gauge. It's miles per gallon. Mm. Do you ever think about miles per gallon in your Honda? Do you know what your miles per gallon is? Any idea?
0: Yeah, it's like 32 point something miles per gallon.
1: That's great. Um, That's what most metabolic pathways in the body are, are miles per gallon. So in order to study miles per gallon, there are multiple variables. Is the air air pressure rate in the tires? Are you using the right kind of gas? Are the spark plugs, you know, adjusting? the way they're supposed to be is the gas fuel mixture just right and there are about 25 other variables to make sure that you get that 32 miles per gallon when when the blood test comes back from the doctor and it says your vitamin d is low Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it means your miles per gallon is low and the variable the most important variable that dictates whether it's going to be where it's supposed to be is magnesium because the enzyme to make vitamin D the storage form that's in the blood test, you got to have magnesium.
0: Wow. And
1: in order to have, that's the storage form. And in order to have active D, that's over in the kidney. So storage is made here in the liver. The active is made in the kidney and that too requires magnesium. So if your vitamin D is off, You've been trained like a circus bear oh you don't have enough sunlight that's not true that's not it has nothing to do with it it has to do with how much iron is in your liver which is causing magnesium loss which is causing the vitamin d to express slow because the enzyme is not firing right so that's miles per gallon and when people are told take vitamin d to raise your vitamin d doesn't work that way. It simply does not work that way. And and when you do that, you take supplemental D and it causes renal potassium wasting. It's not my idea. It's the work of John Ferris, who was a professor of medicine at Yale Medical School and wrote a very important article in 1962 about renal potassium wasting from vitamin D supplements. Now, what people don't know is, so what? So what? I lose a bunch of p- potassium. As Soon as your cells lose potassium, that means they can let more iron in. And when you let more iron in, that means you're gonna bump more magnesium out.
0: You're blowing my mind.
1: <laughs> Does that make sense though?
0: It, no, it makes perfect sense. That's the thing. That's the thing about it, Morley. It makes perfect sense.
1: And, and when, when magnesium is low, excuse me, excuse me. <clears throat> when, when, when vitamin D is low, we're told that, that's a, that it, it, it causes inflammation. Scratch that record. The vitamin D is a marker. It's like a It's like a billboard. It's a sign right. that you do have inflammation, but what what is it really? What is inflammation caused by really? When there's too much iron and too little magnesium, you're going to have inflammation.
0: Hmm.
1: It's it's a biological fact. And I used to have clients in, in uh, Louisiana that used to call it, Hey, Doc, I got some of that inflammation. And like... <laughs> So, so I knew right away they needed more magnesium and we needed to deal with their iron status.
0: Mm.
1: And so it's, there's so much misinformation out there and it's so simple. Once you learn the basics, it's absolutely fun to realize that the body has this elegant um, communication process with itself. And, you know, the, the the one of the other great lies is that the Hormones run the body. No, it doesn't work that way. So um, a yeah. hormone, the, if, if a hormone were a salt, a pinch of a hormone would be enough to salt, enough potato chips to fill the average football stadium. It's, it's actually nine tons of potato chips. Someone's actually measured this. It's kind of crazy. but oh, that's- But that's a lot of Potato chips, right? Right. That's how powerful these hormones are. But here's the catch. How do you make a hormone? You gotta have an enzyme.
0: Right, enzymes, yeah.
1: Gotta have an enzyme. How do you activate the enzyme? You gotta have a mineral. Ding ding ding.
0: (laughs) So basic.
1: It is it really is so basic. And again, 50 of those hormones are coming by way of our adrenal gland Mm -hmm. that nobody likes to talk about. And I think the mistake that a lot of people make is they whip the adrenals too much. They, they try to rev them up too fast, too too quickly, too much too quickly, and it really uh, works against them.
0: I, um, I want to be respectful of your time. I have, I have two more um, questions that I would love uh, your input on. Sure. Um, do you know anything or have you, in your research, have you come across um, I I really enjoy studying the citric acid cycle or the Krebs cycle, however you want to call it. Do uh-huh. you know does magnesium play a role in the rate at which energy is made? Uh, potentially, yeah.
1: So, um, so we could spend uh, about six hours on this, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I just no, because no. I was
0: wondering if you like in my head. If you're making, if you if you have the right magnesium um, concentration, like if you're if you you have adequate amount of magnesium, does that impact your ability to make energy efficiently?
1: Great question. Uh, it will, I think of think of um, magnesium as the mineral of motion. Mm. Think of calcium as the mineral of cement. Think of iron as the mineral of rust. And think of copper as the mineral of energy. So <clears throat> okay. the, when we get into making energy, there's three parts to it. There's glycolysis. There's the Krebs cycle. There's the electron transport chain. And glycolysis is taking place outside of the mitochondria. Okay? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the Krebs cycle and the electron transport chain are inside the mitochondria. Now, glycolysis is anaerobic. Okay? Okay. and there's 10 enzymes there's 10 enzymes and 8 of those enzymes must have magnesium and what the purpose of the glycolysis is to break down sugars into chemicals that can be used in the krebs cycle but but for the listeners at this point in this initial conversation, because we could we could spend one full conversation just talking about energy production, which would be fascinating mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. and your listeners. But the um, important thing to, to, for them to know is that in order to make energy, you got to have magnesium, and you got to have bioavailable copper. Mm-hmm. And, and the mistake that a lot of people make is that when they feel fatigued, they think they need iron to bring more oxygen. No, you don't. Iron is going to gum up the works. And it's one of the great um m- myths out there is that more iron is going to give me more energy. And we can we can talk about that at a another time. Yeah,
0: but definitely.
1: magnesium, I've never thought of it the way you described it, but it makes sense that. When there's optimal magnesium, you're gonna have minimal oxidative stress. And so oxygen is gonna be more available to be used in the electron transport chain to flip it into ATP. Hmm. So yeah, so very important. So so those enzyme yeah. things are really important, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and my, my last question for you, Morley, is um, sort of a global question. Um, what, what is something that you know now that you wish you would have known five or 10 years ago?
1: Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fun question. Um, I, I wish I had known how important energy production was. Um, there's, a, there's a very famous uh, physician His name is Jerry Tennant, T-E-N-N-A-N-T, and he was, uh, he started out as an ophthalmologist, got his degree at Yale, a real smart guy, and he got really sick. He was uh, the individual who perfected laser surgery for eyes, and unbeknownst to him, what was happening was there were uh, pathogens being given off from the patient's eyes that he was zapping, and it got into his system, and he, he was out of commission for about eight years. Oh. And he finally said, you know, I've, I've got to crack this code. He said, if I can get one cell to work, I can get them all to work. And then he wrote a book called Healing is Voltage. And it's a very, very important book for people who have any interest in this. And, and I think it's something that, I wish I had known it from the very beginning, dr liz and i have taken his training a couple levels of his training and um it's a a really cool book um for those (laughs) who want to dive into it so you can see it it's lots of information in here but the thing is i think looking back i wish i had known how critical energy production is and and that's really why you know, the, the, the book that I'm in the process of writing and, and getting it published right now, it's, it's called The Root Cause of Fatigue. Because mm. I want people to understand how do we in fact make energy? And what, what is this glycolysis thing about? And what is this Krebs cycle thing about? And what is this electron? Because I think people need to know, you know, I'm not trying to turn people into gearheads, but I want people to understand that there's some very basic mechanics and there's yeah. just very basic minerals that are needed in order to get those three things working in unison with each other. And when they do, relax, you're, you're fine. You're going <laughs> to get enough energy to get through the stressful times of your life. And I think it's important for people to have that sense of, of understanding.
0: Wow. I am just, every time I listen to you, um, we had, we had met before we did this podcast interview, and I think we talked for a couple hours. I'm just... Yeah, I just, I feel like I was meant to meet you and just learn, just learn from you. Um, you share a lot of wisdom and I'm so, so deeply thankful for you.
1: Well, thank you. No, I'm, I'm having fun <clears throat> for the listeners. Um, p- people need to know that I'm doing my life's work. Yeah. Uh, I knew when I was five years old that I was here for a reason. I didn't have a clue what it was. It took me 55 years to figure it <laughs> out. Uh, and yeah. <clears throat> For the, for the curious Georges out there, I'm 68, but I have more energy now than I had when I was in my fifties. Mm. And um, But I want people to understand what, what motivates me. Yeah. <clears throat> my purpose yeah. in life, my purpose in life is to help people get on the other side of your physical hurdles mm. so you can get on with your purpose in life. You were not put on this planet to worry about chronic fatigue rheumatoid arthritis, you know, adrenal fatigue, heart disease, PCOS, whatever, whatever the label is that you're worrying about, that's not why you're here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're here. There's some problem that only you can solve. It's only it's a problem that only Steph can solve. And this was the problem that I was supposed to solve is help communicate. How do we make energy and how do we get beyond these labels? And and I'm very, you know, I'm humbled. And I'm honored, but I'm also very happy to help people learn this. And, and I look forward to these types of conversations because it, it allows me to sharpen my saw so I can find another way to express it. And I, I appreciate the uh, the series of chit chats that we'll have in the coming weeks and months just to share this information with people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for everyone listening, I will, um, in the show notes, I will include links to Connect with Morley and his root cause protocol, which we will—I will make sure we can talk more about in a in a free next chat, because I think that what you're doing is so so amazing. You are you are like in my in my world of holistic health, like you are it, man. You are the top person on my on my pyramid. So it's just such an honor to be able to communicate with you and to help share your message because I think that you are you changed my world. So I know you're changing other people's worlds.
1: You know, I had, I had one of my students, I, for those who don't know, I have a, a 16-week program. And um, one of the students was asking <clears throat> how the book was coming. And I said, well, it's at the publishers now. And she's, said, oh, that's exciting. And uh, she said, "I was. I, what, what started the exchange was it was her birthday. So I reached out to her saying happy birthday. And she was very touched that I had remembered. And I said, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm really grateful that you were in the, in the class. And she said, "I'll bet you next year you won't remember." And I said, "Why?" And she said, "Oh, you're going to be so famous because of your book." And I, and I said, "I said, Greta, I'm a legend in my mind. I don't know that I'll be a legend in the marketplace." And she came back. She said, "Morally, you're a legend in many, many minds."
0: Yes, I, I agree with Greta wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's, very, it's very kind of you. I. I you know what's really funny is that if someone had told me ten years ago, you know, oh, you're going to be talking to people on the internet and telling you know, be working with people in 45 countries around the world, and you're going to have a Facebook following. I'm like, yeah, that's not that's not possible. But it's it's absolutely a it's a magical moment and it's a delight to meet. Uh, with folks like you, the the only mistake we made is we didn't record that conversation.
0: I know. I wish I would have. I took copious notes. I took copious notes of that because my head, and you know what, Morley, I had to take a hike after we talked because my head was spinning and I just needed to digest all -hmm. of the information that you went over because um, you just, I think there's something about people who who are self-learned, like self-taught, I think mm-hmm. that they tend to be a bit more passionate and a oh, bit more yeah. curious. And so I'm, I tend to lean towards people like you versus maybe somebody with a bunch of letters after their name. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Well, a
1: physician A physician friend of mine told me the other day that um, to be an expert, you need, need to have spent at least a thousand hours studying something. That's okay. So it's, that'd be like three hours a day in a year and you're considered an expert. So to put it in perspective for people, I've been um, studying minerals for 11 years now, two to three hours a day, seven days a week. So that's, so it's like, and, and I've only studied three minerals, magnesium, copper, and iron.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm not, at the, you know, I'm not dancing with the greats like, you know, Gutteridge and Hallowell or Robert Crichton, who are really big iron guys or Douglas Kell, or Jamie Collins at the University of Florida who Jamie Collins is the only person on the planet who can speak magnesium copper and iron' he's very unusual in his academic uh, stance but I'm honored that I have conversations with these folks all the time mm-hmm. so it's like so there there's a certain sense of uh, recognition that uh, they feel I ask good questions and, and I'm really uh, very happy to, to be able to um, touch base with these people. So my my goal is to process all this information, these these scientific studies and boil it down so the average person can understand it and they can use it and take action. And, and I want people to realize that when I make observations, it's not an opinion, it's a compendium of research that I'm drawing on, that I'm not putting my morally spin on it. I'm just saying, this is what the research has said. This is what you need to know. And and use that as a key piece of your discernment and your decision making. And you decide what you want to do. But know that there is research out there that can help you make better decisions. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you again, Morley. It has been a pleasure. And I look forward to connecting with you for more conversations that are just like this.
1: Okay. Thanks so much. (laughs)
0: Well, thanks for hanging out with Morley and me today. I hope you enjoyed Morley as much as I did. I am still just blown away by the amount of knowledge that that man has. You can check out the show notes for ways to get in touch with Morley. His website is the rootcauseprotocol.com. It's rcp123.com. And you can also find him at the Magnesium Advocacy Group on Facebook. And again, I'll have links to that in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to this podcast. That way when a new episode comes out, so next week Morley is gonna talk about iron. So if you want to be notified of when that episode comes out, just hit the subscribe button. I release an episode every other Tuesday and uh, leave me a rating and review. Give me some feedback. Um, I'm always looking for ways to improve, get better. And if you liked the show, that's great too. Uh, I'm, I'm totally open to positive feedback also. <laughs> so yeah, I I wanted to tell you how we can get in touch. If we're not already acquainted, come find me on Instagram at Holistic Stephanie Marie. Just let me a, a direct message and I would love to get to know you better. I really do enjoy getting to know listeners and where y'all are from, what y'all are up to, learn about what kind of information you want to know. Uh, I also have a Facebook group called The same name as the podcast, Daily Detox with Steph. If you hop onto that Facebook group, you can learn about upcoming guests that I'm going to have, and you can participate in asking questions. If you have a question you want to be asked on a show or a topic that you want me to, to interview somebody on, I'm constantly sharing tips and tricks and stuff on there too. If you want to be notified of when I have a new episode out, you can also join my email list. I, I email, I try to email once a week with, I like to send out weekly swaps. So I take common household items and talk about the to, the toxins that you can find in them and then give you some healthier alternatives. So things like candles, deodorant, toilet scrubbing um, I don't know just whatever I can find I I literally talk about everything I've I've even talked about like baking sheets and stuff so anyways it's kind of um, a nice little underwhelming like it's I, I just focus on one thing each week I'm not I'm never trying to overwhelm anybody so that's another way we can get in touch and then one last way to find me is I'm super super active on clubhouse Obviously, as a podcast host, I like the auditory uh, social media platforms and Clubhouse is all auditory. There's no pictures or visuals. Um, trust me, if you saw a picture of me, I am not uh, was not made for that medium. So <laughs> we can get connected on Clubhouse. I host a room every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we talk about cutting edge information in regards to functional medicine. Uh, it's a really fun time just to, to collaborate with one another, learn, kick around ideas. We really have the best conversations and I host this room with other podcast hosts in this field. So, um, some regular hosts are, um, uh, Rachel Hepner from real health with Rach. If you like that podcast, um, Dan Voss from the live life longer podcast. He's often a host. And then Heather Riccio, who is a dear, dear friend of mine who I'm trying to convince to uh, come on this podcast. I think she's I think she's going to book a slot. We have really great conversations and it's a lot of fun. So come join us there. Don't feel like you have to talk. If you don't want to, you can keep yourself muted and just listen. But I, I have had the best time on this platform. And I think it's out of all the social media platforms, I think it affords the most opportunity for learning and growing. And that's why I'm here. So... Okay. That's it for today. So join us next time when Morley and I will chat all about the role of iron in disease formation. This episode will literally blow your mind. I learned so much about not just the role of iron, but how to properly measure iron. Learned about ferritin and how our body stores iron best and the best way to measure stored iron, which I think is not common knowledge. So anyway, stay tuned for that. Again, if you hit the subscribe button, you'll automatically be notified when that episode releases. Or if you join my email list, I send out an email uh, every time I have a new episode out. So yeah, we can get in touch that way. All right, it's time to go back out into the real world. All right, everyone, be well and be kind.